Welcome to the Founders Community Podcast. I'm your host, Billy Bennett. Today's guest is Candace Sarton, founder of Pack Mule. You can find them at packmule.com. That's P-A-K-M-U-L-E.com. And on social media, Pack Mule Gear. A reminder, you can find this podcast for free on iTunes, SoundCloud, and at our website, thefounderscommunity.com. You can also check us out on Instagram at thefounderscommunity. Kansas, thanks for joining me here this morning. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Billy. Yourself? Doing well, doing well. And you're coming to us. I'm in Austin and you're in New Braunfels, right? Yeah, that's right. Nice, great place to be, especially in the summer, right? Heart of the hill country, man. It's a great spot to be and a good place to cool off when the when the temperatures rise. No, absolutely. Well, let's jump right into it. Tell listeners a, a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I'm just, uh, you know, father of four and uh, sportsman and love outdoor pursuits, whether it's uh, bird hunting, upland, you know, waterfowl, uh, big game, and then uh, love fishing as well. And then mountain biking and hiking and camping and you know, the Overland world, and I love trucks and gear, and, uh, you know, if, if it's, uh, if it's a hobby, I'm probably involved in it, and which <laughs> sort of overwhelms my life, I think, sometimes, uh, and, and, and more or less <clears throat> necessitated a need for a way to haul all that extra gear, um, and so uh, th- that was kind of the inception of Pack Mule, was trying to figure out, like, a better way to haul all my stuff and access it all okay yeah so that's essentially how it was born is you you're doing all this stuff you're running around and you have stuff to haul and didn't exactly have the most i don't know efficient or just easiest way to do it yeah exactly i mean uh, especially when we've got bird dogs and stuff with us uh you know you've got a kennel you generally have a cooler um you know for drinks and food and stuff while you're out in the field plus everything else so just depending on what that is if you're if you're bird hunting and you've got guns or you're camping and you've just got you know all of your tents and camping and backpacking stuff that you're trying to get to destination and then you know a lot of that's evolved in the sort of that overland uh world which has been fun um and i told my daughter recently uh she's almost 14 uh that i need to take her on like an actual backpacking trip because we've done a lot of vehicle camping um as she's been older and we used to do tent camping, you know, when she was young. And so, um, um, anyway, you know, I find that we sort of circle back in our endeavors to things that are almost simpler at at some point in time. Um, you know, you, you get real complicated and then you kind of look back to the heart of the things that really drive you and, and what's simple and what's fun and what's the core of this desire that you have that sort of burns in your belly. Um, and so, yeah, you know, you end up with all this gear and then you just feel like you, you get to, a, you, you know, just start with the packing piece of it. You know, it's like a Tetris puzzle in the back of your vehicle, whether it's <laughs> a pickup truck or a Jeep or an SUV, you're just trying to figure out all those spaces. And then, um, and then when you get to your destination, it's kind of a yard sale trying to like, where's that thing? Oh, of course it's the thing buried at the bottom that I need right now. And so once you pull that out, everything's in disarray and, you know, it, it never goes back in the way that you originally had it. And so it was like, man, this is ridiculous. I'm not out here with my personal time and money wanting to just move gear around. I'm out here to do something different, you know, this hobby or this pursuit that I'm really interested in. And so how is, how's the, 
a system uh, configured that would allow me to sort of more easily get in and out of all that gear and access it. Yeah, no, it sounds like, I mean, you get rid of the clutter, right? Uh, which, which makes the experience that much more fun. And it does always seem like the one thing you need is buried at the bottom, right? And yeah. uh, you gotta, gotta unload everything. So no, that, that totally a, makes. <laughs> we had a customer email us earlier this week, uh, maybe at the end of last week. Um, and he said, Hey man, uh, you know, this pack mule is real expensive. Um, like more so than what you advertise. And you need to be, you need to be upfront with your customers and said, you know, I've got this LR4 and I take my kids camping and normally I've got stuff between their seats and stuff in the front seat. And so my wife sort of can't come camping, but she doesn't really like to. And we got stuff piled all in the back and everything. And said, I got this pack mule and all of a sudden the passenger seat's free. There's nothing stuffed between the kids and I've got extra room now. So really the total cost of ownership is all the other stuff I'm going to go buy now that I have more room. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this pack mule lets me haul all this stuff and I still have capacity and, uh, he was all, all in jest, you know, but, uh, yeah, but it was awesome. He sent me like a before camping picture with his car, just all stuffed with stuff from, you know, a year or two ago. And then sent me this updated picture of it all clean. He had the doors open. He's like, look at how clean it is, man. Like it, it feels like I've taken my life back. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like, uh, what's that show hoarders. <laughs> it's almost yeah, like, it's right. almost like you're helping people, uh, like I said, kind of declutter, declutter their, uh, their their life almost right with, with everything yeah. they're doing which is always good to be organized and you know just looking at your website uh so cargo carriers is the main thing that you have and yeah. built for you know whether it's an suv a truck specifically for like a, a jeep wrangler and then uh more like a a ridgeline or like a polaris or a golf cart type um uh vehicle if you will so really can fit a lot of different needs for a lot of different different folks how did you i guess you know you had the need, right? You had the issue here, but yeah. how do you go, Oh, I'm going to go solve this. Did you just start? Did you know how to make all of the, uh, the pack mule, how it was or the prototype, or did, did you just have to experiment or how was it all? Um, how does one go about doing that? It seems like it could be a pretty big challenge. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I had built a, a steel one, you know, 20 something years ago and it, and it worked okay, but you know, the placement of hitches changed and the, you know, SUVs, they started, they went away from barn doors and went to lift gates. And so trying to figure out how to swing out that lift gate and still have everything mounted without it interfering, you know, how to make it extra wide. And so the steel one I built sort of did those things, but as vehicles upgraded, um, and as I got older, you know, and I wasn't quite the strapping young lad that I used to be, you know, that 80 pound steel version, uh, was, was terrible to take on and off. I, I, I hated to do it, honestly, you know, I'd have to call a neighbor, my wife over and be like, Hey, can you help me get this thing in? And the paint was always chipping off and it was rusting. And then there was, there was, um, you know, one of those incidents, right. Where, uh, my daughter, actually the one I was just mentioning about taking camping, uh, Noah, she's riding her tricycle around in the driveway, caught her shoulder on the, you know, hard welded edge of that old carrier that I'd built. And uh, it sort of flipped her forward and she cut her forehead on a bungee cord, you know, on the hook. And, uh, and so after we took care of her and then pulled that old carrier off, my back flinched and I dropped it on my foot. I was in flip flops, yeah. you know, and there's a lot of expletives that came out of my mouth at that point. And there's kind of that, there's got to be a better way, you know. And so um, really seeking what's, what's that better way. And it was a fishing trip and being on boats, um, 
you know, with all the aluminum work a couple weeks later and I realized, oh, you know, pipe aluminum, it's all curved radius edges, you know, and that was kind of, that was kind of where the design came to me. And I knew I wanted to hold two 65 Yetis side by side. And so nobody was making anything. I'd done an extensive search. And so I just honestly laid it out on a piece of cardboard, what I wanted to do and kind of took the bench and figured it out. And then uh, just went to a Marine fab shop and had them build the first one for me just, you know, with to these dimensions. And I wanted the rails to sit right underneath the feet on the, the Yeti. And I didn't like the expanded metal, which everybody, everybody in steel uses expanded metal because it's inexpensive and it creates a, a floor, right? Versus welding each individual piece. The thing I don't like about it is when you get mud and stuff on that expanded metal, it's a real pain to clean off. Um, you know, there's no way to strap into it, even if you're trying to put hooks in it. You know, and if you're going to clamp something down, that expanded metal will just bend up and come out of the way. And it bounces around and it's noisy. And, uh, and eventually on the steel versions, they rust a little bit. Yeah, you know, I've, I know of at least one person whose foot is punched through and they tore up their calf when they came through it. You know, you know you're standing on there and you're trying to load something and that expanded metal gives way. Uh, it's a real problem at that point. And so it, in the aluminum world, the expanded metal is a lot softer. And so you throw wood and stuff on it, it chips and, and you get sharp edges. And so pipe was really the better way to do that and make it, um, you know, a floor that's sort of self-cleaning. So when mud comes up, it just falls back down, sand and all those things. And, and people will say, hey, you know, is there a, what about things falling through? The reality is that you'd have to have like a, you know, an eight by six inch something that you're going to load on the back and have to turn it, you know, instead of turning it across the pipe, you're going to turn it in length with the pipe. Most people aren't loading something that small on the back and then driving 80 miles an hour down the highway. It's usually in a larger container. So really, it's a little bit of an education in this perception and how things are used. They've always seen this full floor. And so and so all of a sudden, a product doesn't have it and they think they need it. But they realize once you talk to them, like, oh, yeah, I'm not I don't have anything that small I'm going to put on the back. You know, like a milk crate is plenty big to put on the back and it will hold tons of stuff. Um, so kind of a example of, of for sure yeah yeah that looking at that yeti's not going to fall through that hole that's for sure yeah um i like that it's uh it's it's self-cleaning and strong it's yeah. exactly what you're looking for at that point and and simple obviously it, there's labor that, that goes into it but no one had really just taken more of the time and the energy to think about it and right you saw that and and we're, we're able to do that so was this a couple of years ago was this in 2016 ish and kind of in that ballpark yeah. or yeah, 2016 is when, uh, the end of 2016 is when we, like at the end of November, I think, or early December is when the website went up and we were doing testing and, you know, we had a, a few people that had seen the original pack mule, which it wasn't called the pack mule when I first built it, you know, but we had people all the time that were stopping us. So when your question of how did you have this thing and decide, let's go sell it. It was really people on road trips. I mean, we drove all the way to Montana one summer, uh, you know, on hunting trips. You know, I'd, I'd pull up, raise the lift gate in my SUV, open the kennel. My dog would jump out. I could open the cooler easily because our mule strap's secure underneath, so you don't have to unstrap to access the cooler. Pull out a cold beer, which, you know, I could easily access my shells and my shotgun and everything for the field. And everybody else is, you know, digging for that box of shells that's at the bottom of their pile of everything. And it was like, whoa, man, that's so easy. How'd you do that? Uh, where'd you get that thing? You know, and so 
I realized that there's 60 units on the market and they cost less than $200. And I think that most of those manufacturers just, they're in the hitch world or the cargo world and they tell somebody, hey, go design something, make sure it costs less than 200 bucks. And so you don't get very much. You get everything that's been on the market and it's, you know, most of them are 48 inches wide. Some of them might be 60. The ones that are 60 are usually steel and they weigh 80 pounds, you know, and um, we've sort of been told that this is the way a hitch carrier is. And, and, and the, the design of the pack mule came out of me not trying to fit it in the mold. It was me just trying to solve my own problems. Like what, if I could do it the absolute best way, what would that be? And that's what the pack mule is. It, it wasn't trying to fit a box of what a hitch carrier should be. It was just solving my own problems. And everybody else saw and thought, yeah, that's awesome. I want one of those. How can I get it? And so, um, so yeah, 20, February 2017 is when uh, we sort of launched. We're like, hey, we have Pat Mule available for sale. And, um, and you know, still at the time I was in construction. Um, and so, you know, it was really kind of a let's see what happens, right? But, but through that process of let's see what happens to launch day, you know, the name Pack Mule materialized, the logo turned out awesome. And, you know, in the creation process, you're thinking like, how do you create a brand name? Because in the, on the business side of it, it was nobody knows what to call these things and nobody can recommend a, a good one, right? Like if you think, if I call up Billy and I'm like, hey man, uh, what's one of the, what's, what's a good thing that carries stuff that goes in your hitch? You know, that's kind of how people describe that product. Mm -hmm. there's, not a, there's not a coined term. Uh, yeah. Billy would be like, nah, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, like, I can't even think of a brand. U-Haul, I don't know. Um, and so I realized that there's an opportunity if we, if we can create a great logo and a great name that has like, has an obvious uh sort of coin to what this product is um it you know we could do some really fun things in the cargo market and so um so you know on launch day in february it was like man we've got some awesome stuff uh in place how do we you know what do we do with this and just being some dumb construction guy you know you're trying to figure it out but you're also trying to think what resonates with you in the world of gear and products and you know, as a self-proclaimed gearhead, I, you know, I, I have an eye for the things that, you know, are quality and speak to me and what are the things that resonate and just tried to, you know, learn from that and sort of glean and, and, um, and put some of those notes, I guess, into, into practice for Pat Mule. And so, um, you know, year one was really like, Hey, we have this thing for sale, no ads or anything, not, you know, trying to figure out social media and how you let people know you exist, which, I find is the hardest thing for anybody in any business. It doesn't matter what you're doing is yeah. letting people know you exist. And then you're, and then you're trying to convince people and we still do today. And really I'm not trying to convince people. I, I still am of the mind that like we have an incredible product. We have hundred percent five-star reviews. People that have packages love them. And so I, I'm not trying to convince people to buy a $795 carrier. If they like the carrier they've got and it works for what they're doing, then that's great. But mm -hmm. if, if they wish there was a better way to load and access all their gear, then pack meals, the right, the right product for you. 
but still the conversation is why why a $795 carrier, you know? And so, and I will say that one, one part of that cost is, you know, we include freight shipping to your house, which is incredibly expensive. Yeah, it's not cheap. And um, yeah, and so, and um, uh, I have this conversation all the time with folks about receiving a product and then spending four hours assembling it, you know? And so you could probably engineer a pack mule um, that's got a lot of assembly required and it could ship easier and the cost of shipping would be less. But when I think about four hours of my time, do I want to be outside, you know, on a trip pursuing something or I want to be sitting in my garage bolting something together? What's that value to me? Is it, is it worth freight shipping so it shows up fully welded and assembled and all I do is pull it out of the box, stick it in my hitch and I take off and go? Yes, for me it is, you know. Um, and, I, and so some of that uh, resonates with people and for other people, it doesn't, right? And it doesn't make sense to them. They'd, they'd, rather, they'd rather save $150 and assemble it themselves. Uh, for me, at the end of the day, I never have to worry about bolts that are coming loose or hardware that's wrong. Um, my experience from day one of pulling it out of the box is, is, is better in that moment, right? Like my wife always says, buy once, cry once. And that's 100% <laughs> true. You know, like you buy that one piece of gear, you don't have to worry about it. And, and in the gear world, it, as you're sort of like figuring out what works for you, there's a lot of crappy gear that you buy in the beginning. And in the end, you end up chunking it or it's terrible and it ruins your experience and you end up buying that thing that's better. So now you've bought more than one thing. You've had a bad experience. And, and for me, you know, looking back at that, I've taken time uh, away from yeah. work, family, and I've spent money to come do this thing. How, how, how much or um, how do I make that experience better so that it's fully focused on the pursuit and not on managing gear and moving it around. And so if you buy a pack meal once and it improves just one trip, for me, that's a win, right? Like if you did, if you never thought about your pack meal the whole time, because you were able to just be dialed into whatever it is that you're doing. Um, for me, that's, that's a customer win story. Uh, definitely makes sense. And uh, speaking of the logo, I love the logo. Um, I love the name as well. Oh, and, thanks. You know, it, it's very, you know, tells you exactly what we do. <laughs> yeah. um, and how about uh, the fact that um, it's a free commercial on the uh, the interstate and highways when, when people are driving down, they say, what is that thing? And then you got the awesome logo um, on there. That's certainly a, a good thing. I was just in uh, Western ten or excuse me, Eastern Tennessee. So everybody was driving out to, uh, the Smoky Mountains, right? Yeah. Um, coming the other way, and uh, you can see tons of people hauling hauling gear and things like that. So I could imagine just national parks all over, everywhere. You're just getting the, the free commercial, and people probably probably kind of getting that uh, that double take. We're like, what what is that thing? You know, I need to need to check that out. Yeah, it's interesting. Customers will call us and be like, you know, it's always funny with usually in life the thing the the reason that you hear from a customer is because something's wrong mm -hmm. and, and having been in construction, that's, that's still my anticipation when somebody calls about something, you know, yeah. or the email states, Hey, I just got my pack mule and use it for the first time. And you're like, Oh gosh, what's he going to say? And it's always great. You know, it's like, <laughs> it was amazing. I can't thank you enough for the quality and the, 
you know, attention to detail and this design is so awesome. Uh, but people will tell us, that, oh, this is where I was going, is that every time we pull into a campsite or a park, everybody, it's like the pack meals a magnet. Everybody comes over. It's like, what is that? Where did you get that? That's amazing. <laughs> so, that's, uh, so yeah, awesome. it, it is a commercial. And a lot of folks tell me, like, you should, you should increase the size of your logo plate. <laughs> the pack meal's huge so people can really see what it is. But um, to me, I just, at the end of the day, I like the, I like the styling and I like it being kind of chill and to be overwhelming and, and too gaudy just isn't, isn't our style. So, uh, so I suppose I sacrifice people really recognizing what it is without slowing down enough to like eyeball the back of the carrier, but, um, it, it is what it is. For sure. Uh, it looks really good on a koozie as well, which I saw you had on your website. Um, you got some other pretty, pretty cool stuff on there. And then, you know, just looking here, in addition to that, um, you got great content on your website. I know you and I were chatting about that. Uh, you mind, you mind retelling that, uh, the story about the, uh, leaving it in the, in the water. Oh um, yeah. So, and coming back. Yeah. You know, when, when we first, uh, launched pack mule and, and I'd have to go back and look at what year it was, I think it was, I think it was September of 17 when hurricane Harvey came. So we had, that sounds right. Yeah, and so we had launched in February, um, sometime, sometime during the summer, you know, June or something. We went. And I wanted to put a pack mule in the bay just to kind of prove the merits of aluminum. You know, there's no rust, no no corrosion. Like it's going to handle whatever. And so the idea was, let's go throw this thing in the bay, and then we'll grab it in three months, see what it looks like, load it on the back of the suburban, and load up the dogs and and uh, drive to Hondo and go on a on a dove hunting trip. And um, during that period of time, Hurricane Harvey came in and it made landfall about 40 miles west of where the pack mule was in the bay. So, you know, here I am, I've got all this personal money invested in, in what we've done so far and then time, like hoping to get this video out, how awesome will this video be for hunting season, you know, like sort of speak to our core consumer at that time and, and, um, and realize, this hurricane's going to, it's going to wash, I'm going to lose my pack mule. You know, you think about storm surge and all those things. And so we had concrete anchors, we had mule straps that were anchoring it to the bottom of the bay. But, you know, when a cat five or cat four hurricane comes in, there's no, nothing safe really. No. And so, uh, so I drove down, we were leasing some property uh, near the coast at that time. And, and so I drive down in my three quarter ton suburban. I, I left Houston at like 11 o'clock at night thinking I got to go get this pack mule and the next day was when landfall was and so the first waves of the of the hurricane at like two or three in the morning when I'm down there were rocking my suburban all over the place and um, and in the moment I realized it, and I can't remember where my family was or how I would have driven down there without them knowing but uh, nobody knows I'm here and if something happens like everybody's evacuated already and and I'm trying to pull a pack mule out of the water. Uh, if I get stuck, I'm I'm ground zero for a lot of a lot of issues with my life and survivorship. And so, uh, so I ended up turning around about a mile from the from the water where the pack mule was, and uh, and went back to Houston. But um, but we found it a month later, and it was right where it, we had anchored it to the bottom of the bay and loaded it up, and barnacles are all over it and everything. And we still have it. It's a it's uh, sort of a uh, unit that we like to display and talk about and have memories of 
uh, and the barnacles stayed on for a long time, but um, some of them have fallen off, unfortunately. So it's not quite as interesting looking <laughs> as it used to be, but it's uh, still a good piece of equipment. And the mule straps, I was talking to a customer this morning. He was like, why are these mule straps so expensive? And I said, well, it's stainless steel. The buckle's 100% stainless, you know, and stainless is just an expensive material. You know, our buckles cost more than most people's straps, just our cost direct, you know, for, for building them. And, uh, but I still use the mule straps that were in the water for four months during that hurricane event. Oh. And um, they, they, I've never oiled them or done anything and they just work great. And so it's just all about having good gear that you can be confident in and know that wherever you go and whatever you're doing, it's going to be there to support you. Yeah. If that's not a testimonial uh, to the yeah. strength of the product, yeah. I don't know what it is. It should be able to survive your uh, weekend camping trip if, if you can <laughs> leave it in the bay during Hurricane Harvey. So no, that's a great story. And I'm, I'm glad you turned around. That was probably the, the right decision yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> Good story though. Good story. Um, and then about where to, where to find, uh, you, you mentioned e-commerce. Um, so, you know, no matter where you are in the, I'm guessing lower 48, you could get that. Uh, but also I was looking at your website, you're in retail throughout the U S right? Yeah, we are. And, you know, the pandemic changed a lot of that. Another customer called this morning saying, Hey, you know, we called one of your dealers in Baton Rouge and they're not carrying pack mule anymore. And, and some of that's on us, uh, you know, the pandemic, it was hard to get folks to reorder, which I get it right. Your retail store, you're closed down. Everybody's managing money. Um, you know, our sales staff had a hard time being able to go in and, and, and talk to shops, right? It was like, hey, you got to have appointments. You can't come in. This is kind of a tough, uh, a tough time. And so we've done a poor job since things have opened up in the last month or so, um, reaching back out and trying to reestablish a lot of those, those dealers and, and get them back on board. Um, I think some of it is trying to get a, a new, uh, a little bit of fresh blood sort of in that sales force that's hungry to get out there and pound the pavement. A lot of that in the, in the beginning was just me driving to all these places solo and, and, and setting up these dealers. And so, um, uh, it's a, that's a tough program. I mean, you know, we had to, we had to do a reconciliation of 36,000 miles I drove in 2019 and, um, I drove from Houston to Virginia to Connecticut uh, down through Orlando, then back to Houston, then to Las Vegas, to LA, to San Diego, uh, and back. There was a trip to Kentucky for another trade show, uh, and then kind of circling through Louisiana and Mississippi, and then and then working our way back in, and then um, into Denver for some trade shows, and up into uh, Montana. And so it's just it, it's a life on the roads kind of cool. Like I love seeing the world through the windshield and everything that's out there and, um, you know, sleeping in the backseat of your truck on the side of the highway, you know, uh, overlooking the coast and Chinook helicopters flying over when I was in California and waking me up. And, um, uh, but, you know, setting up that, that dealer platform, it, it, it's tough and it takes a ton of work and a ton of time. And so, um, we need to get back out there and, and, and improve and reinforce some of those current dealers we've got because they've been tremendous uh, partners with us. And, and some of them in particular in Houston are just killing it. Uh, just, you know, sort of groundswell, I guess, from where you've been founded. And so, um, mm -hmm. but even through 2020, uh, you know, sales and people finding like finding pack mule and seeing their neighbors with it. And some of it's just getting caught on. Right. And people, 
saying, Hey man, I, yeah, I'm tired of the other stuff. Like I want something I can put on the back of my RV or my Jeep or my truck or SUV or whatever it is. And, and be confident that when I arrive at my destination, it's going to be there. We've heard all the stories and we've never personally had a, a hitch carrier break, but we've heard stories of guys that are coming back from an elk hunt that they've been on for seven days and they've got a cooler on the back with all their elk meat process in it. And they're driving back to Texas and their hitch carriers bent and failed and they got sparks coming out and the coolers rolling down the highway. Um, oh man. We've heard of folks loading generators on the back of their RV. And when they get there, there's no generator. There's no hitch carrier. There's just a broken tongue sticking out of the end of the thing. I mean, um, there's, there's a lot of wild stories out there of, of bad experiences and it's unsafe too. I mean, you think about what's happening to the folks that are behind that vehicle. And so, um, uh, any event, just trying to make stuff better and, uh, and stuff that people can be, have a lot of confidence in. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, can you talk a little bit about conservation? I know that was, uh, on your website as well and how that's important to you. Yeah. Um, I've been involved uh, with Coastal Conservation Association for a long time, and I've been on the state board, I guess, for four or five years now, four years. Um, and so I, I studied resource and conservation management in college. And, you know, my mom, I mean, my name's Kansas, so you've got to figure my parents were a little bit of hippies. Um, there was definitely some smoke in the air in the late 70s when I was being named. Um, and so, um, I remember my mom giving me an environmental book and like, Hey, your career is an environment you can do. And so it's always been something that we've considered. And so when we were building pack mule um, and I told my wife, Hey, let's, let's put this out there. Like, let's give it a go. Um, but I wanted to, I wanted to ensure that we're able to leave these wild places better than they were when we got here. You know, I, I think about the stories from, you know, that, late 70s and the early 80s of the guys that were just getting on the coast and talking about the amount of ducks that were ending up down there and all the fish and all the stuff that was, you know, this plethora of game. And then you read old Teddy Roosevelt stuff and you hear, you know, you picture what was going on back then. Um, and it doesn't exist today. And I, you know, you think about um, habitat and, and how do these animals live and thrive and breed and, and um, do their part in the whole you know, chain of life. Um, if there's not good habitat, then, then, um, we're not doing our part as humans. And so if, if Pat Mule can be involved in that, if we can give back to these conservation groups that helps them to do a better job in, in preserving and conserving, then, then for me, that's a win. And then secondarily, just hoping to be able to, uh, encourage people to go try new things, see new places, um, you know, build confidence in themselves, really, right? I mean, you go, you go and you try and you do something and that's a new thing that you've learned that you have, you have a confidence in. And if you can be outside and you can see these places and love them and appreciate them, then you're going to do your part to conserve them, you know, by not littering and treading lightly and, um, and maybe giving to a cause that's, that's doing something for the outdoor space. Um, I think when Teddy Roosevelt can, you know, put the park system in place and, and earmarked all these lands for national and federal and, um, you know, that's our, those are our public places. And, and most of us never go and see that. And, and so I would love to 
encourage people to go and see it. And they don't have to do that with the pack mule, but I just, I want people to go see these treasures that we have across the United States uh, because they are treasures and they're, they're fantastic. And when you see creation and, and how it's all come together, it's, it's humbling and it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. Nice. And uh, kind of end it here on where are your favorites? Uh, maybe, maybe what are your, your one or two favorite national parks to go visit? I know you've been able to travel around a lot of spots. So, you know, there's still a bunch that I, I haven't been to. I've been uh, to the, you know, to the edge of Grand Canyon a couple of times, but you know, my wife and kids really want to go and we haven't been able, I've been in that area for work a, a number of times. And so, um, so I haven't been there and I'm, I'm really anxious to get a family trip uh, over there to go see all that. Uh, I spent a lot of time in Big Ben National Park in Texas, which is super remote and it's a incredible part of our country. Uh, it's a very um, underutilized national park. I think it's the least visited national park in the U.S. because it's so remote and tough to get to. Mm -hmm. um, I was in Joshua Tree a couple years ago and was pretty mesmerized by that place. Um, and I don't know why there was a, there was a little bit of an allure that I just, I really wanted to go to Joshua tree so bad. Um, and, but thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, Yellowstone has its incredible parts and then it has a lot of the developed parts too, which, um, if you can get off the main path and go, go see the raw, uh, and, and glacier too, that's, that's pretty incredible. I guess for me, it's hard to say because there's so many different amazing places. Uh, they're all so unique too. And, and I, and as much as I love the mountains, I find, uh, I find a real draw to the desert. And, and I wrestled with it one time driving through, uh, uh, God, what there was a, I can't remember which, uh, which federal desert. It, I think it was the Mojave that I was driving through and it was like, whatever it is, 50 or 90,000 acres or something um, uh, in California, Nevada area. And so uh, don't be too upset that I can't remember exactly where I was. <laughs> but good, I, remember, I remember driving through and finding beauty in the desert, which I do in Big Ben and these up in Joshua Tree, mm -hmm. and, and sort of wrestling with why do I, why am I so drawn to the desert? Like, why is this pretty to me? Why is it appealing? Because... The desert has no water. It has no way to farm. You can't have agriculture or cattle. It's a harsh place to live. Everything wants to poke you and bite you. <laughs> and uh, and so all I could all I could figure at the end of that was it's it's the place that will always be what it is because we can't habitat we can't habitate there. We can't destroy it. We can't change it. And so it's always this thing we won't conquer. And, and, and maybe it's, maybe it's that it's this place that will always remain. And it's, it is the way that it probably was a thousand years ago because mankind can't be there to destroy it. Yeah, no, that's good. I, I love the Southwest as well. I finally got to Arizona, uh, Tucson area and went outside of there and you're like very close to your point. That's looked like that forever. Uh, you can't really, can't really do much there. And yes, everything does want to poke you or bite you yeah. <laughs> at that point. A <laughs> uh, little bit of, a little bit of ter terrifying in there as well. It kind of makes <laughs> it exciting though. Uh, but yeah, no, that's, uh, that totally makes sense. Well, uh, Candace, really appreciate uh, you sharing your story with us. And um, 
just uh, a reminder that you can find them at packmule.com, P-A-K-M-U-L-E.com and on social media at uh, Packmule Gear. Thanks so much for listening and uh, y'all have a great day. Thanks, Billy. Appreciate it. You bet.